The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. City councilors have been given a very long range view of the future of Edmonton's traffic traffic in the city. There's a whole other ball of wax. Um, They've been given this uh, long-range view of the future of Edmonton's traffic by city planners and Ward 10 City Councillor Michael Walters saying that, you know what, long-term, okay, but right now there's there's a real pinch going on in South Edmonton. He's putting a spotlight right now, QE2, Ellerslie, that area. He just wrote a blog about it on his website as well. Councillor Walters joining us on the show this afternoon. Hi, Michael. Hey, Jalen. How are you? Today. I'm good. Thanks for joining us. So can you just give us an idea first off, before we kind of focus in on the areas that you're really concerned about right now, this long-range view of the future of Edmonton's traffic by city planners, kind of, you know, is that done every year? Is it done every couple of years? And, and overall, what did it say? Well, I think there's certainly attention paid to it uh, pretty constantly and consistently, but right now we're under... Uh, what's underway is our new city plan, which is uh, a combination of a municipal development plan, which is a land use plan, and our transportation master plan, which traditionally in, in many cities, those are done separately. They speak to each other, but they're two separate plans. And for the first time ever, they're, the, they're going to be the same plan, which is a bit of a evolution or even a revolution uh, uh, in some ways, in that we can really coordinate growth uh, and mobility, uh, transportation, roadways, LRT, bus network, <laughs> all together, which, you know, if we had done that, started doing that 50 years ago, I don't think we'd have uh, some of the pinch points uh, we have today. You know, all big cities deal with congestion. This is not an Edmonton problem. Edmonton's relatively sane compared to some cities as it relates to congestion, uh, but we're starting to see some real problems that w- we need to address Michael, uh, sooner than later. Do you think that part of the reason, did we ever expect Edmonton to grow out as much as it has? Is that part of the issue? Well, I think we've seen it growing out yeah. for a long, long time, so I think it's no surprise. You know, I think, count, you know, and I've, I'm never going to blame councils of the past no. for fear that councils of the future are going <laughs> to lay all their problems at my feet, but, but I think, you know, generally our planning culture in Edmonton has been because we're a prairie city and we have all this land, uh, we can continue to expand uh, in a suburban context as we have for a long, long time. And as a result, our city is very big, it's very expensive to operate, uh, and it's and it creates, it's car-oriented, which mm-hmm. cars are the reason for congestion. Uh, I drive one, so I'm part of the problem too. Uh, but ultimately, city planning has to provide mobility options so that car drivers aren't uh, stuck in traffic for long, long periods of time trying to get to, get to work or get their kids to sports or, or to whatever and, and, and make sure that we have a good transit system as well. So I think that the time has come for us to look in the mirror as a city and say we can no longer grow out um, at the same, nearly the same rate we have and we have to, in a serious way, like more serious than we've ever contemplated before, make it easy for real estate investment to shift to the core, mm. to fill in uh, our downtown, Rossdale's exhibition lands, all these opportunities to make the city more sustainable environmentally and financially. You know, and that's that's a whole other conversation there because you know what, I think there's a lot of folks, you know, and I'm, I'm one of them, I don't want to live in the core. I don't want to live in a right. neighborhood where um, the house next to me is, is is 10 feet away. I want a bit of land. I want a bit of space. And I think there's a lot of folks out there that want the same thing. That's right. And there's a a lot of opportunity for that today. 
and yeah. it will continue. And because that's there today, it will continue to yeah. be there. And it's not like I'm not one of these guys that says shut down the suburbs. No, uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna provide uh, a degree of our our growth uh, for some time. Uh, and but it's about the balance of spending, yeah. you know, more you know providing more emphasis. Uh, on making growth easier in the core so that we have more okay. choices. The great thing about our region as a whole, not just mm-hmm. Edmonton, but the whole Edmonton metro region, is there's a lot of choice here. You could live in a small community like Warrenville yep. in a 50-foot lot or a 100-foot lot, or you could live in a, in a smaller city like Spruce Grove, or you could live in a suburban community yeah. in South Edmonton, or you can live in a mature neighborhood, mm-hmm. or you could live in a high-rise downtown. The region offers that. Yeah. But from an affordability perspective yeah. and a transportation planning perspective, we have to uh, plan much smarter growth and coordinate infrastructure in a much better way than we have in a long, long time. Okay, so how do we do that? I mean, you know, there's some immediate issues right now, and you certainly, you're a counselor in a in a ward that has seen, you know, some great growth over the past, my gosh, 10, 20 years since I've been in this city, and, you know, we're seeing, you know, uh, issues going all the way out, what, 41st Avenue, all, all the way mm-hmm. up to Queenie, too. Uh, right now, there's been a couple of accidents out there recently as well. Um, you you know, so so what do we do at that point? I mean, if the money is tight and, you know, we're putting a lot of focus on LRT, um, and, you know, that sort of stuff, where do we where do we do a better job in planning for these in the development? And can we get the developers to pitch in to help pay? Or is that just a city thing? Well, well, the developers already do in yeah. terms of the levies that they pay on, on drainage and uh, product, or the, the drainage portions of neighborhoods and, and roadways, uh, the first two lanes. So they're already contributing uh, in, in, a, in a pretty good way. And then the, the latest changes to the MGA from the last government were that they would cities would have opportunities to levy them for more things like police stations, fire stations, mm-hmm. rec centers, etc. So those conversations are underway uh, in a collaborative way with the development community. But the reason I highlighted uh, QE2 and Ellerslie Road is because that is a real Mass. sort of central intersection yep. for many of those neighborhoods that I represent down in Heritage Valley, uh, east of James Mowat Trail, where getting in and out of there during rush hour in the morning and in the afternoon is, is really uh, a terrible circumstance mm-hmm. for a lot of folks. You know, you're, like when I go down to community meetings down there, I, once I hit, uh, head past 23rd Avenue, it <laughs> just grinds to a halt. And, yeah. and so that tells you the sort of tale of two worlds within my ward is that the, you know, less denser areas north of 23rd Avenue, well, it feels like there's congestion maybe to people who live there. It's nothing compared to what Mm -hmm. you get when you get down close to Ellerslie Road. And that that north-south and east-west pinch point uh, at that particular intersection is uh, worth highlighting, A, because it's uh, really at capacity both uh, during a.m. And, and p.m. rush hour, and because there is an opportunity to partner with the province and the development community to come up with new financing uh, models to to upgrade that infrastructure to move traffic. So is there uh, an immediate fix there? Well, it's not immediate, no. but I've raised it. Unfortunately, in this business, uh, <laughs> even though you want things to be fast and simple, they, they are some things should be fast and simple that we make hard. This one isn't fast and simple, but... The point is, is we got to raise the issue. We got to. We're there to represent the people in that part of town who rely on that intersection and a few others around there that are are compromised by congestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to get work, get to work on fixing them. And in, in the case of this intersection, we're waiting for the province to provide us some information about what their fundamental interest is, which is north-south traffic, because it's about yeah. moving traffic on QE2. Yeah. But 
for us, it's about people going east-west. It's about people turning off of uh, Ellerslie Road to go north uh, to try to get downtown or uh, people trying to turn south uh, to get to the airport that are, that are westbound. Those, that intersection is a pretty important one yep. to, to move traffic in that part of town, which has endured a great no- amount of growth. Like I know mm-hmm. there's other listeners from the north side of the yep. west end who might roll their eyes and say, yeah, we have those problems too. But the data has borne out the truth here, which is that that corner of Ab- that particular part of Edmonton is, is, the, is the worst. And we need to deal with that intersection. We need to, you know, I've been, you know, kicking and screaming about traffic lights and intersection improvements all through that area to make that area uh, traffic flow better. Not to mention advocacy to get the LRT down there. Because <laughs> ulti- ultimately, Jaylen, yes. You cannot build your way out of congestion. That's no. a cliche that is mm. true. You need mass transit, and the LRT funding to South Edmonton is really critical sooner than later as uh, well. Yeah, you know, you, you look at that area, and of course, you know, you look a, a ward over, I look over into, uh, you know, Twilliger Drive north and south, and, you know, the talk about, you know, what's what's going to go on there, are we going to expand that? And I think there's, there's discussions on that. But when I started mm-hmm. living over there, I don't know, in 2006, I mean, it's tra- changed dramatically going north and south over the Hende now down into Windermere, all of that. You know, when I leave here at the end of the day, I'm getting to that intersection to get off uh, onto the Hende come 6.20, Some days it's backed right up um, almost to 23rd Avenue. The traffic, just the way the lights are set up, everything is just frustrating. We're dealing with historic challenges that we allowed uh, significant subdivision and growth to occur without sufficiently yeah. providing infrastructure for 20 or 30 years. Years. Mm-hmm. And so here we are today. Yeah. Uh, that's our context. Uh, you know, I'm not going to despair. You know, we need to identify what the problem is and, and, and work hard to solve it. And it's expensive. Growth is expensive. Uh, the way we've grown, in my mind, is expensive. Uh, that's something we got to change. But what we have is neighborhoods that are there, people that are living there, trying to get to work, trying to raise their families spending too much time in traffic and and uh, certainly not easy but it's not insurmountable and we have to work with the province and the development community to make sure that those people have a, a better quality of life you know it's quality of life is is an interest it's a relative <laughs> term but you don't you don't want to uh you don't want to uh, certainly get comfortable leaving your citizens mm-hmm. uh, toiling in that amount of congestion. And, yep. and that's why the traffic upgrades are important and the LRT expansion is also very important. Michael, how long does it take for you to get from your place to uh, City Hall? So from where I live in, yeah. a, in the beautiful community of Aspen Gardens, <laughs> uh, about 40 minutes in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've kind of come to realize that I should probably leave by 6 a.m. or wait till 9. Yep, yeah. And I, so I don't have the option of leaving at 9. Uh, I just leave much earlier uh, when I need to get to City Hall. But if I lived, if I was the representative for War 10 that happened to live in Allard or yeah. or Callahan, you know, south of Ellerslie Road, uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I might just get I might just have to get an uh, apartment downtown. <laughs> and do and, and it that I, way. <laughs> I'm being a little dramatic, but it's, you I know, I'm hearing. Saying. Yeah. It's frustrating for folks. And, you know, then, and right now, James Moe Trail's uh, being widened. So yeah. the long term, the promised land there is exciting. But in, on the way there, you know, you have construction and barricades and constant changes. And, yeah. and, and so I think the lesson here is to plan. Uh, neighborhoods and infrastructure much closer together. Uh, And I think we're starting to do that for sure. You know, this is, like I said, a 30-year-old problem that we're dealing with. 
uh, and and to change the way the city's growing uh, more than we have in a long, long time with this next city plan, and then to work with other funders, our, our own capital budget, our own uh, development community, and the province to make sure that intersections like the one I highlighted yeah. this week gets the gets the improvements that it needs sooner than later. Michael, are we doing anything right on this front? Is the city doing things right on this front? When you look at it and go, mm, okay, you know what? Yeah, that's good. We're we're having some challenges here, but this is a good move in the right direction. Yeah, well, I, I absolutely think we're doing things right. You know, we're making the decisions we're making now are based on data and evidence. So when we look at, and, and what I mean by that is, is tr- traffic counts. So uh, when we look at prioritizing roadway improvements, uh, uh, we base that the order of things on science as opposed to politics. You know, you know which intersection is struggling the most and and is 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 creating the most congestion should get earlier funding, which is why Twilliger Drive has been, the, <laughs> you know, a primary focus and, and did receive substantial funding in the last capital budget to to improve that, that part of the, the transportation in that part of town. And we now have something called the growth, you know, in, integrated infrastructure management, which means what that means, lots of government speak here, but what that means is that we are uh, providing infrastructure closer, closer to people actually living in neighborhoods. Yeah. And we got a long way to go there, but, yeah. you know, it's always hard from the developer's perspective to, you know, put out a lot of money for infrastructure when they don't have the money from the sales of the housing yet. So it's always that fine balance, and I think we need to continue to, to work with them to make sure that once people have lived in a neighborhood for, you know, they're not waiting for important intersect like uh, infrastructure, like road widenings and traffic yeah. lights more than a few years beyond, yeah. beyond having moved into the community. And I think we're still, there's a lot of catch up from, uh, I think a lot of years of just mm-hmm. subdivision after subdivision after subdivision without sufficient infrastructure planning. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten a lot better at that as a city and as an industry in, in collaboration. Uh, and certainly where we don't get it right, citizens will tell us and we need to respond accordingly. Well, you know what? I'm watching it in my ward right now, Ward 5, south of uh, 199th Street, nor- or along 199th Street, north and south. There's a new subdivision going in there, and that whole you know development is supposed to be coming down all the way down pretty much to the edge of the city. And it's been interesting to watch just as far as the roadways going in, the uh, the stop signs, no streetlights yet. But the other thing is you start looking at that and going in. We talk about fire stations and police stations and that sort of thing. I mean, the closest fire station to that neighborhood is is Collingwood or over into Williger, which is a 15-minute drive away. Um, so, you know, as you're developing, that's a, I know that's a, a grander picture, but when you start looking at it, there's so many things there, and I, and I wonder if we're just going to be playing catch-up for a very long time, Michael. We're still going to play catch-up for some time. Yeah. There's okay. no sugarcoating that. You know, we, we have, a, you know, the, the list of things that didn't get into the capital budget recommendations. Yeah. You know, many people would think we spent more money than we should have, anyways. And part of the challenge is we don't want to. We want to be mind, very mindful of our debt limits. We want to be very mindful yeah. of the fact that whether it's an NDP government or, or a UCP government, both you know our, our mm-hmm. uh, infrastructure grants from the province aren't what they used to be. They never were what we were promised based on need. Um, fiscal tools for city are limited essentially to the property tax and begging other orders of government for infrastructure money. Uh, so there's a series of limitations, but at the same time, we have a tremendous city that people love to live in, that provides
provides incredible amenities and quality of life to its citizens, attracting more and more young people from around the mm-hmm. country and the world who recognize this place as the best place to work and start a new career. Uh, because it's a very affordable place relative to other major Canadian cities. So we have a lot of assets that we have to turn into better planning decisions, uh, better financial management, uh, better strategies around making sure that infrastructure is built in a timelier manner. Well, Michael, I'm glad it's your job and not mine. So <laughs> well, we're working at it. Council's uh, very aware. You know, we don't get everything right, but this uh, this notion of of this particular part of town for me. I yeah. thank you for the opportunity to to talk about it because I think the citizens down there need to know that people at City Hall are very aware of what's. Uh, what's happening for them uh, day and night on Mike, their way to and for work. Michael, I've got lots more questions for you, but I'm out of time. We'll have to do it okay. again soon, okay? Thank you for this. Hey, no problem. Take, Take care. Take it easy. All right, 6.30, 6.30, your text coming in right now off the charts, let me tell you. So what is it that would make a difference in your community that the city could do? Or if you're looking at the city of Edmonton right now, where you live, what do you believe would be the number one thing that would make it better? All right, some of your texts coming in this afternoon, the things that you would like to see the city do, the thing that you think would make the city better, or maybe just your neighborhood, whatever it is. I know sidewalks are on the table uh, this week as well. And, you know, the city pretty much saying, yeah, sidewalks kind of fell off uh, their radar over the past couple of years. They were focused on it at one point. And if you have falling apart sidewalks in your neighborhood, or maybe you don't even have sidewalks in your neighborhood. I don't have sidewalks anywhere close to my neighborhood. Um, but I get you know, where I live, it kind of comes with that. Um, but having said that, um, those little things, uh, Jay says, how about simply cutting the grass? The River Valley is terrible. World-class city, question mark. David M says, quit putting LRT crossings over major roads uh, at road grade. Put it up in the air or underground. Doesn't matter, but not at road grade. Uh, <laughs> but not at road grade. Oh, I forgot. The city never learns from its mistakes. Um, Jason says, for starters, how about we stop putting bus stops right after intersections to prevent buses from blocking traffic whenever the lights turn green? Give buses a separate bus stop lane so they're not blocking the traffic flow. Jason, I was thinking the exact same thing this morning, yesterday morning when I was driving to work and I got caught... Uh, I was going up to 111th Street. I was taking my daughter-in-law to the doctor. Uh, she's she's pregnant, and I had to get her to the doctor yesterday morning. So I had to go up to Century Park to pick her up there to take her over to Mill Woods. And I got trapped behind a bus, making that stop every 200, 400, whatever it is. But yeah, that's a really, really good point. I like that one. Um, Parsons Road at Ellerslie is a gong show, too. How can we fix that? South Henday, way too narrow at Highway 2. Extra lanes would be an easy fix. Keep them coming. Would love to know what you think. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.